In recent days, there are reports that some in Congress are warming to the idea of a gas tax increase to pay for transportation projects, while others think charging Americans more at the pump is only a temporary fix to the Highway Trust Fund. In February, the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee held an all-day hearing headlined, The Cost of Doing Nothing, Why Investing in Our Nation's Infrastructure Cannot Wait. Here's what Chairman Peter DeFazio, Democrat from Oregon, had to say about the financing challenge. There have been no political consequences. No one has lost their election in an all-red state when they raised the gas tax. In fact, the only two senators in New Jersey to lose were Republicans who voted against the gas tax increase. Probably coincidental, but they were the only two who lost. Minority Leader McCarthy uh, put a referendum on the ballot in California to repeal their gas tax. It was going to be a great strategy, and it backfired, and Californians overwhelmingly rejected it. There is not a danger in increasing the user fee for the first time in 26 years. If anyone's got a better alternative, let me know. But we have to make these investments. The federal government has to become a better partner. You can't have a coordinated national system in the 21st century and say the states are going to do it, as was proposed in D.J. Gribben plan for President Trump last year. We cannot devolve the duty to have a modern 21st century resilient transportation system to compete in the world economy and move people and goods more effectively on a state-by-state basis. We have to be there with them and coordinate it and invest in it. This is Hard Facts. I'm Robert Johnson. The truth is, whatever the solution, the price tag for America's next infrastructure plan will run into the hundreds of billions of dollars. That's why it makes sense to consider efficiencies as part of the package. Life cycle cost analysis is one way to ensure tax dollars are spent wisely. Reducing the time it takes to get a permit for a project is another. We recently spent a few minutes with Wyoming Senator John Barrasso, chairman of the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee, talking infrastructure and his family's ties to the concrete business. So let's just start talking about the future of an infrastructure package. The president has mentioned that in his latest State of the Union, two years in a row, actually. Uh, But we're still working on it. So from your vantage point, where are we and what are the chances for something happening in 2019? Well, I'm very optimistic. You know, we were very successful this past two years doing a water infrastructure bill. It's now it's time for surface transportation. To me, that's roads, Bridges. I was in the state Senate in Wyoming and chaired the transportation committee there. So I know the needs of rural America, and there are certainly urban needs. I think we need to do both, and that's why I'm glad the committee that we have in the in the Senate is made up of people with both kinds of, of needs. I've already visited with the chairman in the House of the committee there. The day after the State of the Union was down at the White House visiting as well. So I think it's important that we get this done. It's important the needs are there. The president has called for it. We need to do it in a way that's responsible in terms of payment. But I focus so much on terms of just being able to get things done faster, better, cheaper, smarter. And so much of that is permitting. When I was in the Wyoming legislature, we had projects that we were working on back then. I've now been in the U.S. Senate 11 years. And some of those projects took this long just to get the permitting. And then it takes less than a year to do the project. And these are for safety purposes. So it makes no sense to have things tied up in such a long period of time. So I'm optimistic. I have a good partner with Senator Carper from Delaware, and we're committed to getting this done. So what do you think it will take to push it over the goal line this time? 
Well, I think we need the involvement of the White House and the House and the Senate in a bipartisan way. It's something that we can do in a bipartisan way. We've just passed a major bipartisan public lands bill for the West and affects the whole country. It was 92 to 8 or something like that in the Senate. So we can do bipartisan work. We've done it with water infrastructure. It involves listening to people. It involves taking in the needs of urban communities, taking in the needs of rural communities. One size doesn't fit all. Things that work in the big city don't necessarily work in rural America, where public-private partnerships may work in one location. They don't work in another place. Where tolling works in one place, it doesn't work in another place. So we just have to be focused on the needs of the local areas and what works best close to home. The bipartisan comment is one that everyone, I think, is holding out hope for. There's so many things to not agree on in Washington. This seems to be one everybody thinks could happen. Well, it's time. We're coming into the fifth year of the current transportation bill. The Highway Trust Fund is in need of additional help based on the fact that we're spending more than is going in. We have a change in the type of vehicles on the road. More electric vehicles are on the road now, and they pay no gas tax. They put wear and tear onto the road, and I've actually introduced legislation to eliminate the subsidies that go for electric vehicles, as well as to include a fee for the wear and tear that they have on the road. So we are in a transition of vehicles on the road. There is this whole new It's called the Green New Deal that's trying to basically put an end to the internal combustion engine, which would also have a significant impact, not just on the overall economy, but also on the paying for the roads and the bridges and the repairs that are necessary. These discussions are always an opportunity to make policy changes. You've talked about some of those, the time it takes to get a permit, dealing with some of the environmental issues, the use issues. How do you feel about the life cycle cost analysis proposal that's been out there for a while? Do you see any value to that idea? Well, I think you ought to be able to get the permits. First, you ought to be able to have a lead agency that is in charge. And then beyond that, you should be able to do these rather than one after another after another kind of consecutively. You ought to be able to do them all at the same time concurrently. We don't have that now. That would cut down significantly. And then I think you need a shot clock. Once we're in the process of working on things, they got to get these things done in time. It is silly and counterproductive and expensive when you don't do it that way. So there's really a time and a cost, the value of money and lost opportunities. I knew from my time on the Transportation Committee chairing it in the Senate in Wyoming that when you really delay maintenance, it's much more expensive because as more destruction occurs, it costs much, much more to do the repair than earlier on. And the opportunity, of course, there might be to take a funding package and make it last even longer because we're doing things right the first time. Well, that's also a big part of it. And new materials that are being worked on, new construction materials, different things that can be done in terms of recyclables that we're trying to stay up with all the newest advances in technology and want to incorporate those into any projects that we have. Industries of all kinds watch this bill, people who build these projects, people who use them every day to get their goods and services back and forth. Other than coming to Washington and visiting with you and others on the committees that are handling this right now, what should they be doing to try and help move this conversation along? Well, from people around the country, visit with your members. Make sure your members know the specific needs of those communities, what people need there, uh, that your commitment is there to get it done. Uh, 
ask them to work together in a bipartisan way to not look for the perfect, but look for the good, because there's a lot of good that can be had and a lot of work that needs to be done. We were able to do it with water infrastructure. Now we're going to go for surface transportation. This conversation will be heard by about 600,000 people who are in the Portland cement business or support it somehow. What can you say in closing to them about the effort going on here in Washington to try and get this done this time? Well, that I'm going to show you a plaque that is from my dad. This is my grandpa, John Barrasso. So that's my name, my dad's name, my grandpa's name. And what's that word right there? Cement. Cement paving. And this is grandpa's. And some of the real old timers listening will remember when Portland Cement, Ready Mix, I could order cement, how many yards we wanted in the truck, when we wanted them to start mixing, if we wanted them to add water or not, it was on. I knew all the setup times on cement, if we need to spray it to cure it. I knew all of this stuff and and put my initials in many of those cement pavings that we did because I worked this in high school and college and medical school. This plaque is from a time when people signed their work by putting in the cement and pushing it down. And in some cities, you'll see these little plaques, and this is my grandpa's. And uh, now I have it in my desk in the United States Senate because I came from concrete, from cement to Congress, and it's a focus of my life. And I'm an orthopedic surgeon because of the lessons I learned working cement. It's kind of reminded me of the plaster cast that I applied when I was an orthopedic surgeon. So you have somebody that is committed to making sure we get this done. The MIT Concrete Sustainability Hub has authored numerous reports on the cost benefits of the life cycle approach. Next week, we visit with Jeremy Gregory, the Hub's executive director, about the need for long term thinking when so much money is at stake. I like to think of it as just getting more bang for your buck, right? Even if you have only a limited amount of funds, this allows you to basically get more out of those funds that you have. That's next time on Hard Facts a podcast production of the Portland Cement Association. I'm Robert Johnson. I'll see you then.